right now on the show. Superstar, ex-Hillsville champion, went on to play, you know, 200 and... Uh, I should have had this stats up before. <laughs> <laughs> Two, 227 games for the West Coast Eagles, including a premiership and an All-Australian. Um, and now he's in charge of the David Wurrapunda Foundation. And it's, that's who it is. G'day, Wurrapunda. David? How you going, fellas? Very no, good, mate. mate. Oh, sorry about that intro. That was um, sort of horrible. But um, how are you? <laughs> yeah, going good. Going good. Over here, um, over in WA, everyone's kind of jumping up and down because oh. they'll be hosting the uh, AFL Grand Final, which is a good thing over here. Um, off the stadium's basically brand new and the stadium's actually quite uh, unique and a good place to be able to watch sport and concerts as well. So, uh, yeah, everyone's pretty happy over this way. David, it's uh, was the housemate here. You you started your footy career when you were well. You made your debut at West Coast when you were sixteen. Uh, very very young. You see the age now. How did that affect you? Sort of looking back on it now. Yeah, it was pretty hard, um, and it all kind of accelerated for me. I was playing at Hillsville, and at the same time, I was playing trying to play senior footy. I wanted to learn what it was like to play against. Um, bigger body so you know I was playing at Hillsville used to get a few games sneaky ones in at Powelltown um, and also at the VFL level with uh, North Ringwood so it happened really quick um, I basically went from Hillsville um, and then into, got picked into the uh, into the squad at Eastern Rangers the under 15s and, and then all of a sudden I was drafted so I didn't really have a preparation put into place it just happened really quick and, and I was on the plane at the end of uh, 95 Do you think looking back do you think you, were you were you too young given that the age is now sort of 18 and that they put a cap on it do you think you were too young obviously you coped because you had a fantastic career Yeah, yeah I was I was real um, yeah cause, because back in them days as well football or AFL wasn't uh, full time it was part time and all the big guns basically had training like any other footy club five o'clock at the Arvo and, and there's probably one or two players like a Peter Matera and Glenn Jakovic that our highest paid players that didn't really need to work but there wasn't much structure put into place for young players and um, yeah and it was real uncomfortable for me so and I never never got billeted out to a family I was basically got my own house in a place called Scarborough on the beach here and oh, and I uh, was living in a five bedroom house by myself so uh, <laughs> that, happened, that happened right up to, to 1999 oh. um, yeah and it was pretty pretty scary because uh, you know obviously you're 15 16 you don't know anything else but to be a 16 year old kid so um, yeah there, there wasn't much structure there um, footy came in full time by about 99, 2000. So, yeah, I'm happy that the age went up. I think Matthew Lloyd and myself were the last ones before they changed that rule. I think when you when you look at that, I think the saving grace too was that you landed at a West Coast side with some pretty big boys that would be looking after you, I would assume. Yeah, well, I had, um, you know, Johnny Walsall, yeah. I stayed with him for a while, uh, Chris Lewis, Peter Matera. Um, so you had good support there as far as senior players, but at the end of the day, nothing really replaces family. But it was a little bit intimidating. But the best thing about it is that you learn quickly off those type of players. I mean, they weren't, they don't have, um, you know, a reputation in the AFL for being professional for no reason. So you learn pretty quickly. 
I, I just can't, I can't believe that you get your house to yourself. I'm sort of blowing me away. But also, in, bedrooms, the, in that era, <laughs> well, when you look back now at that era too, there was a lot of sort of controversy that we see now when we're looking back on surrounded that team. And for you to come out and you've gone through, you do uh, your, your charitable work and you've come out such a fine player in person, I mean, you, you must be pretty proud. Yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, the, the players that came in and made an impact, especially us young blokes, it was, you know, myself and Benny Cousins, um, Chatty Morrison, Michael Dawn. Uh, we were all novice coming into a professional organisation, but because Cuzzy set a benchmark so early for all of us younger players internally, um, the expectations that we had to be like him, even though we were completely different players, and Benny's probably one of those players that I've played with that's one out of the box. Um, so it took me a good four years to, to warm into the system and understand it. Uh, it didn't take me, uh, you know, it took me a long time to get used to the training. I mean, I've come from training down at, at Hillsville and playing with everyone in my own age group to all of a sudden you're playing at Princess Park or the MCG or Subiaco Oval and training on that's pretty different. So uh, it was a bit different, but you still always had that support. And to be honest, Mick Boldhouse was, was huge for me as well. He, he looked after me before he went over to Collingwood. Just um, back on Woosha, David, it's Alex here. Um, obviously, you played alongside him for a couple of years and then he became your coach. How was that sort of transition from... Obviously, you didn't have too many years uh, separated from the group, so we've seen it work out and set some clubs a bit worse off for wear, whereas, obviously, Woosha got you to the flag. So how did that sort of transition all pan out? Yeah, well, it was, it was no surprise for us. I mean, when he left us and retired, he went over and and got a feel for it under underneath Carlton and, and David Parkin. But we knew Wusha the way he goes about it. I mean, he's the greatest leader that's ever taught me. Um, and when he the way he trained and prepared us as a player was probably the exact same way that he trained and, and coached us um, as a coach. So our expectations from him, we were pretty consistent in it. And we knew that if we weren't ready to go, that uh, you'd, be, you'd be pushed out pretty quickly. But... Yeah, Wisher had a is an amazing coach. Still close mates with him. We all catch up, um, and he, yeah, he's just one of those blokes that you just want to listen to all the time because he's everything he's got to say. You learn something from him. And Dave, just the uh, the foundation, and and what also if you want to talk about that, and what are you doing at the moment? You're over in Perth at the moment. Can you tell us what you're up to? Yeah, uh, well, while I was playing footy, you know, you always need a transition and a plan as well because the average lifespan for an AFL footballer is two years or two and a half years so if you haven't got any um, structure in life once you finish footy it's going to be pretty hard for yourself so I've been very community minded um, all my life and um, that kind of comes from you know being taught back home in Vic there and out at Hillsville we've got the Aboriginal College which is the first Aboriginal College in Australia um, so I wanted to carry that legacy on and utilise sport as a vehicle to be able to have an impact. So the Wirrapunda Foundation over here now is huge. We've got a national footprint, 175 staff and seven massive programs that reach uh, Indigenous kids in, in remote communities, also Metro, but also we've got an employment program which has a transition for people to go into, into work. How important is it for you, David, to, I guess, give 
uh, young Indigenous kids role models to, to look up to in that sense because it seems like the one of the big parts of the foundation is obviously getting these kids on track in life. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's, it's huge. I mean, that stems from, obviously, the family back home in Victoria. Uh, but to be in a unique position uh, with, the, with, with a, a powerful footy club organisation like West Coast, to utilise all those contacts to really have an impact and design what you want to do. It doesn't have to be community. There's a lot of players now that have gone on and, and created successful businesses, um, which is huge. Uh, and I've done that as well with with utilising the football club as well. So uh, I've got Wirrapunda Supplies. That's a, a supplier company where I manufacture cleaning products and supplies uh, to all around the country. So I'm able to do that and utilising the foundation to be able to employ Indigenous within my own company, it, it kind of complements itself. Right, yeah, back to back to footy, David. I mean, that's fantastic and we love your, your work. But uh, back to footy, um, finals time is obviously right now, as you mentioned at the very start, the Perth and um, Optus Stadium have the uh, AFL Grand Final. Take us through your experiences of uh, AFL Grand Finals because both of the games that you played in were amazing and I understand that you know you lost one very close and you won one the next year in 2005 and six. but what can what what are your memories of those games oh it's the best I mean you know as a kid when you when you're playing footy and you guys would relate to it is that you know if you ever had that chance to play AFL and and maybe lucky enough to get into a grand final it's it's one of the uh, best feelings I've ever had I mean I've been chasing it since I was a kid uh, but to share that experience with everyone else and your teammates has been amazing. And and uh, I know the, the games with West Coast versus Sydney in the early days, it was an unbelievable game. And, and even us as players, we would know that it would come down to either within six points because we, we knew each other so well. We had player for a player. Um, we had an amazing uh, midfield in Judd, Cox, Kerr, Cousins, Embley. I mean, Sydney matched us with their with their style of play. Um, so we we love that, and it's, and with both teams that played in that era, we've all become really close mates. Doesn't matter if it's the one side or not. But yeah, we we've become all close mates because we used to go and belt each other just for the four points and and uh, and a grand final. But it's an amazing feeling. It's the best, and uh, and I look forward to. Watching the grand final over here with a pint of coke yeah. in my hand. Well, I'm a Melbourne supporter, David, so I'm nice. hoping that you're celebrating the D's uh, while you're there. Yeah, I, I am. I'm, uh, I, I used to be a little bit of a closet demon supporter oh. back in the day. Good uh, on you, mate. Cousin, We're best of friends. <laughs> and my cousin, Shawnee Charles, uh, ah. used to play at Melbourne there. So yes. We were all my family back home. We, we know Melbourne haven't had much success over the years, so None. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing them playing well. And, and to be honest, I reckon Oliver could be a, a you know a dark horse for the Brownlow. Oh, well, I don't think it'll be a dark horse. I think he's already wrapped that up. But okay. In um in terms yeah. of watching like uh, the 2018 Grand Final, David, did you still sort of sit there and watch a game like that as if you were? I guess it was as much on the line for you as a as when you were a player. Like obviously there are a few guys still there from you know, that were very young when you sort of retired. So what was that sort of experience like watching it as opposed to being out there? Yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. I mean, because you're aligned with the club and you know the way uh, the club operates internally and you know the players. 
Um, and when, when I was exiting, all those young fellas were all coming through. So it was good to see them have that second chance because I remember watching them, the, the nerves got a hold of them in in uh, 15 grand final. Then they were able to build on that. And that was similar to what we did in 05 and 06. Um, but to see them have that success uh, was pretty amazing. I mean, sitting there watching that last two minutes, that they do that transition of play at training all the time. So I I was really familiar with the way it was going to uh, fall out if they kind of did what they do at training and, and they ended up doing it and they won a, won a grand final. But, yeah, it is nerve-wracking. Um, after about 20 beers there with Johnny Platten watching <laughs> it, I was really scared. Oh, that would have been amazing. But, well, no, good on you. How is Johnny Charles, by the way? Um, He's one of uh, the boys that uh, played in that Melbourne group that uh, I grew up with. Yeah, he uh, he's going all right. He's actually living in Swan Hill at the moment um, and going back and forth to family in, in Shepparton. But uh, he's going okay. Yeah. He's he's pretty excited about the D's getting their chance uh, on that special day if they can get there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's, he's going well, mate. He's got six kids and he's a grandfather as well, so he's going well. I can remember, um, I think it was about 99 or 2000, yourself and Sean Charles played in uh, a couple of exhibition games or a, a community group game in Echuca with, with a lot of uh, Aboriginal uh, sort of competition that they had once a year. I remember going down there and you just were silk, just cruising around on the wing. Everybody looking up to you, all the young kids coming up to you. Must sort of, do, you do you still sort of get into that? Do you play anywhere? Yeah, that's... That was an ADOC week, yeah. Mate, when you get a chance to, we try and get home uh, to, to play uh, play a bit of ADOC footy. You get to see all the family. Um, but unfortunately, as time goes on, with all the insurance policies that have been put on through the footy club in the AFL, no mm. players aren't allowed to do that anymore. Right. But we were lucky enough to sneak in there a few times and, and, and play some footy with some family. I might have run into a few of you at the end at the end of the night too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was the pest. <laughs> no. Well, you, no, so you're the one making us skull. No, no. <laughs> no, actually, I worked in Robinvale for a couple of years and I ran into a couple of the Robinvale boys that were playing and uh, I think they got knocked, knocked back for a slab at the uh, drive-thru so they, they oh. grabbed me and said uh, was can you go in and grab us a slab and I did and they ended up I think they hijacked me and took me home that night it was, just, it was pretty good well, 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 you're, not, you're, not the, you're not the first one that we've uh, hijacked <laughs> uh, it, was good, it was a really good experience that was and some quality footy quality footballers up that way I guess yeah no there's uh, there's good uh, good footballers everywhere that now that you see all these especially over here in the Pilbara they're gun footballers. They're like watching Ashley Sampies everywhere. Uh, uh, get, get some to North. Yeah. Get, get some to North for me, will you? Well, well, it's going to cost a bit of money, mate. So <laughs> you're going to for free. Just um, lastly from me, David, uh, there was an announcement today that the Bulldogs-Lions semi-final is going to be broadcast in uh, Yolnu Matha language. What does that sort of mean to the Indigenous community to see a see an announcement in a, in a broadcast like that? Well, Yolngamata, that's, that's from my father's side from northeast East Land. So, because English is a third language up in the Northern Territory, up that way where my dad's from, that would be an amazing feeling for um, a lot of those, especially the elderly people that just support footy, because there's a lot of relationships and family that go from the Tiwi Islands up to northeast East of Arnhem Land. 
So to have it uh, broadcasted in Yongamata language, uh, they'll be all pretty happy up there because uh, they they don't have to uh, they don't have to uh, try to concentrate on listening to what is said in English. Well, oh, that's a, that's, that's yeah, awesome. That that's is that's an amazing announcement. Um, and just, I want to touch on because um, I'm fascinated by it. I'm sure uh, was and Alex are as well as well as our listeners. The international rules <laughs> series, mate. I'm, I'm fascinated by this and playing for Australia. Um, what was what was that like for you? Yeah, it was a bit of a laugh. I, I um, my uncle's Irish. who married my auntie, so I grew up watching it all before. You know, I got right in the VFL, AFL. So, for me, it was a good experience. Yep. Um, and it was good to, to uh, I suppose, get a chance and an opportunity to learn about the Irish culture and that as well. So, mate, we love it. Uh, you, you just got to get the Aussie boys to uh, settle down, throw their fist around, and then it'll be uh, a good game to watch. Was, was yours in Australia or in Ireland? Uh, both. So, I, I had the chance to go over to Ireland and... Oh, and, uh, over here in Australia, so I, <coughs> I, I was sitting in the back pocket there with next to the uh, the Scott brothers and Chrissy Johnson. Who's, who's, well, he was uh, the one causing all the dramas, wasn't he, Chris? I know. I told him, I said, didn't you have a feed last night, mate? Jeez. <laughs> on the, you know, and belting into those fellas, it's like punching into a little garden gnome, so you've got to be careful. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, now, you're not a stranger to the Yarra Valley either, are you, David? No, no, I've, uh, I've still uh, get back home when I can. Um, I've actually supposed to be over there this month uh, for the footy and, and seeing family, but ah. obviously this COVID stuff has put a damp on that. But, uh, yeah, I'm a Yarra Valley boy all the way. And um, it's funny because a lot of people think that I'm Western Australian because I've played for West Coast for 14 years and I live over here, but no, Yarra Valley mate all the way. Yeah, right, right, well, yeah. next time you come, just send, give us a message and uh, we'll put you in the studio, mate, and we'll grill you even more. Yeah, no worries, and I'll keep the cubsies away from going in to buy a beer for them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, mate, uh, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Great chat. Um, it's been a great chat, great insight into uh, your career and life, and um, all the best. And look, I'm, extreme, I'm extremely jealous of you that you get to see Melbourne win a premiership. Well, we'll see how it goes, mate. Let's not count the chickens too early, but I reckon the D's can get the job done. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Dave. All right, mate. Take care.